Technorama episode 733, Playing with the Speed of Light. Hello and welcome to Technorama, the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. That's what it says on the shirt. I'm going with it because I'm wearing the shirt. Oh, well, I was wearing it, actually. (laughs) If this is your first time listening or watching Tectorama, welcome. We appreciate you showing up. If you're a returning (laughs) guest, welcome back. We still appreciate you showing up. And uh, my name is Chuck Tomasi. I am from sunny Phoenix, Arizona. And with me, as always, is Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? I am okay. Actually, the the temperature's changing a little bit here. Warmer? No. Colder. Yeah, oh, it's not as cold warm. as some places in the country, but um, it's getting a little cooler out there. All right. Yeah, it is It is a bit chilly. I heard uh, they had, what was it, like 20 below in Iowa, and they're supposed to do the Iowa caucuses today. Have yeah, fun with that. Well, Have fun with I don't that. know about 20, but I know I saw negative four. I was like, you know, that's bad enough. I can imagine uh, 20, negative 20. Ooh, I woke up to frost on the roofs the other day. <laughs> and somebody left the freezer open. <laughs> What's the temperatures there in uh, Phoenix? Uh, what did we have today? I think it was about 68 was the high. Oh. The low was 42 or something. You know, it, it, it fluctuates by about 25 degrees. Yeah, I think we made 58 or something. And it wasn't too bad. Those are, those bad are in U.S. freedom units, by the way. That I'll, I'll convert to everyone yeah. else. Right. So 68 would be about 20. I know, but I was talking to a guy from Wisconsin today, <laughs> and he I, I was inspired to reach out to him because on, yesterday on Facebook, I saw he was practicing his disc golf in his shorts in oh. two feet of snow. Right. <laughs> Wait, Tom, that's hardcore stuff. So I reached out to him today, and you know, we had a good laugh about that. I said, hey, there's a reason I'm out here. I don't have to shovel the sunshine. I, I know people that wear shorts no matter no matter what the weather's like oh yeah you know it looked like he was it looked like he was playing like right up to the basket and then it dumped two feet of snow on like (laughs) (laughs) yeah right that's funny all right we have some feedback from last time so let's jump right into that Hey, so I I thought, oh, for once I got a piece of paper here I can rip on camera. Usually I've been wanting to do that for a long time and I keep forgetting. So then you do the fake one? And then I, then I ripped it. I went, then I ripped it and I went, wait, is that a receipt I need for work? No. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It was. Our yeah. question of the week last week was, fill in the blank. The reason I run or play Dungeon and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons is... Blank and wrong answers only. So I play because I want admiration from my peers. I play because I want a quick, painful death. <laughs> painful death. <laughs> uh, Steve London plays because I'm a grown up man, the head of the house at home. Sure. Lone Guy's Knight says, I play because a classified military secret. 
Listener Fritz says, because I want to rescue Princess Leia from the dragon. That's that's Dragon's Lair. It's not Princess Leia either. <laughs> that sounds like something I said to Donna yesterday. She's we're looking at you know taking trips and she goes, Oh, you want to take an Alaskan cruise? And I said, Sure. You want to take the side trip to Denali? I said, Denali's not just a river in India. <laughs> From Alaska is a side trip way over here. <laughs> Stephen Weshy says, because all the cool kids do it. Well, that's mm-hmm. clearly the wrong answer. Yeah. Well, Steve. Steve London says, uh, Stephen Weshy, well, nowadays they do. It's pretty cool, not like back when I was a teen and and only the nerds played. It was more like it was more okay to be gay than it was to play D D. Wow. Uh, at least in my school. No, I'm not terrible. sure what you could do in school that didn't get you beat up. Anything out of the norm? What was normal? Uh well, playing football? Hey, I'm not saying I'm not saying normal was right. I'm just saying if you were outside of the norm, normal social graces, then you were weird. But if you hung around with people that did that, like if you if you had your D and D group, that was the norm for that group. Oh, I knew my I knew my my place. I mean, I've got (laughs) friends who played their fair share of hockey and football and whatnot, and they are messed up right now. So sure, I think we got away okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I knew my crowd. That's all I'm saying. Who's holding the stock options now? <laughs> As a matter of fact, my crowd back then is not much different from the crowd I know now. I have now. <laughs> now it's podcasting nerds. <laughs> this is a bunch of nerds podcasting nerds. Sure, why not? All right, or that's Dragon all Con. Th- it's a various nerds. Yeah, that's all the answers we got now. Yeah, you go to Dragon Con. It's tens of thousands of them. Yeah, and the Star Trek cruise is coming up, which is even. Wow, that's where you get the nerds and the gays. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. I want to see them beat up somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's payback no. time. No, don't start that on the cruise. <laughs> no, it's it's probably one of the friendliest environments I've ever been in. Oh, it is. Everybody, everybody seems pretty cool. Everybody's cool. If there's All a right. jerk there, it's hard to find them. Maybe that's what you should cosplay. Kirk <laughs> is a jerk. <laughs> oh, that would be too easy. Alrighty, yeah. that's the end of Oh wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 stop. We got an email from Tom Pose. Longtime listener oh, Tom. Yeah. Okay. He said, You remember our old texting discussion from a long time ago? We've had many, so I'm going to say yes. I'm sure. <laughs> he said, Well, I have a new phrase from a church sign, and I love church signs. They they're very catchy. It said, Honk if you love Jesus. Text if you want to meet him. <laughs> oh boy yeah. that's Go awesome text and pray thank you Tom I, yeah. I I didn't ask for permission I just said we're using that in the next episode yeah that's right <laughs> which is in about two hours <laughs> okay on with the closing music and to the next segment because we can't do the history without this there we go on this day in history for January 17th, 2024. Wait, what? How many days are left? Oh, there it is. Uh, 200 and, no, 349, because we're on day 17. It's a 366-day bonus leap year. It was on this date in 1524 that Giovanni de Veranzano set sail westward from Madeira to find a sea route 
to the Pacific Ocean, and he ran into the Veranzano Nero's Bridge. <laughs> and it was also in this date in 1773 that the Captain James Cook led the first expedition to sail south to the Antarctic Circle. Very cool. Didn't you run into the Hawaiian Islands when they were still the Sandwich Islands? <laughs> sure. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> It was also on this date in 1912 that the British polar explorer Captain Robert Falcon Scott reached the South Pole one month after Roald Amundsen. And 70 year, 74 years ago today, 11 thieves stole more than $2 million from an armored car company offices in Boston as part of the Great Brinks robbery. I can just see that polar explorer expedition with a little sign on a pole. <laughs> we made it here first. Right. Good luck getting back. U.S. President Dwight D. Eisenhower delivered a televised farewell address to the nation three days before leaving office, in which he warned against the accumulation of power by the, quote, military-industrial complex, as well as the dangers of massive spending, especially deficit spending, on this date in 1961. I'm not—oh, because he delivered his farewell address on television, and that was, like, a new thing. Yeah, it was a new thing, then. And also on January 17th, 2007, the doomsday clock was set five minutes to midnight in response to North Korea's nuclear testing. All it said was, bing, 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 like you're doomed. <laughs> doomsday clock. Yeah. Happy birthday goes out in the state to German physician and botanist Leonard Fuchs, born on this date in 1501. And German, I mean, uh, English physician, astrologer, and mathematician, Robert Flood, who is, re- you know, he is, re- uh, I was going to say, related to Elmer Flood. No. <laughs> what? He just what? wore the really short pants. <laughs> what, born 450 years ago today? American publisher, inventor, and politician, the sixth president of Pennsylvania, Benjamin Franklin, was born in this state in 1706. He invented a lot of cool stuff. And born January 17th, 1834, German biologist, zoologist, and genetist August Weissman. Uh, geneticist. Weissman. Weissman. Uh, August Weissman. Yeah. Carl Limley, the German-born American film producer, co-founded Universal Studios. That's what he's better known for. He was born yeah. that same date in 1867. Now, there's a special character in this L, so... Just pronounce it as an L, you'll be safe. And Tony Lomniki, Lomnik, uh, uh, the Polish mathematician and academic, was born 143 years ago today. American pilot and businessman, the guy who founded the Glenn L. Martin Company, which I believe later became part of Martin Marietta. Uh, Glenn L. Martin was born <laughs> in the state in 1886. Wow. He had no problem putting his name on the sign. What a coincidence that he started working at that company that had his name on the sign. Right. An American mob boss, Al Capone, was born 125 years ago today. Jewel Plummer Cobb. Why should you remember that name? Well, Because they made the Cobb salad. And Jewels. And was also a plumber, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. It's an American biologist, cancer researcher, and academic. And she was born today in 1924. English-American hairdresser and businessman. That's something to put on your resume. Uh, Vidal Sassoon, born on the date in 1928. When you look good, we look good. Oh, wait, this is an audio podcast. Right. Yeah, we don't have to look good at all. American actor. Oh, we now know when Darth Vader was born. Well, James Earl Jones is 93 today. That's right. 
And born January 17, 1933, American actress, puppeteer, ventriloquist, and television host, Sherry Lewis. Mm, lamb chops. Yeah, lamb chop. Yep. American computer scientist and academic, Anita Borg. <gasps> she invented the Borg. the Borg. Yes, born 75 years ago today. Now we know where it all started. Yeah. Watch out, Picard. So born January 17, 1949, American actor and comedian, Andy Kaufman. Thank you very much. Yes, you're welcome. Canadian-American actor and producer Jim Carrey was born on this date in 1962. Oh, that's interesting. Jim Carrey and Andy Kaufman share the same birthday. Well, different years, but yeah, same birthday. Yeah. Also turning 54 today is Russian-American animator, director, producer of, of Dexter's Laboratory, Samurai Jack, Star Wars The Clone Wars, Symbionic Titan, Hotel Transylvania, Primal, Unicorn Warriors Eternal, uh, Gendy Tarkovsky. Gendy Tarkovsky. Did you yeah. ever watch any of those? Oh, yes. I must. I say Dexter's uh, Samurai Jack, which was great. Uh, the Clone Wars was good. It was that short version of the Clone Wars where the. It was um, like the prequel to what the public is aware of. Yeah, there was an animated Clone Wars, but there was also yeah. one before it, and that was it. Thank um, you. Hotel Con- Thank yeah, you, Jack yeah. Mangan, for straightening me out on that. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, okay. no, the, yeah. Gendy's version of Clone Wars was more like what you see the the animation style in Samurai Jack or or Dexter. Yeah, not the CG it stuff. Ran that like everybody a else. season or two. It was very short. I did not. And there were short it. episodes. All right. That well, we're gonna get to the birthdays because the music is running out. Mm-hmm. Darn it, missed it. Well, let's go ahead anyway, and we're gonna cruise on up a few weeks because we've got a couple of weeks off. I will be out on vacation, holiday. Enjoying what? some sunshine. So we're going to get a whole bunch of birthdays. January 17th is Fuffy Frog, a.k.a. Christina, originally Yay. from Canada, but now from Thailand. Hope you're still there yeah. and uh, listening. 21st of January is Michael Rabelais, T-A-W-0-1-2-2-9-4. Why aren't you at your post? Is on the 22nd. <laughs> Three birthdays on the 23rd. Kathy Luke from Illinois. Chris Moody from Pod Media Chat at... Is that the same Chris A. Moody we hear on the dog days? Uh, yeah. Maybe. 23rd is also Keith Lane from TG Geeks, or formerly yep. TG Geeks. Cynthia Fry on the 24th. 25th is Craig Steppy. Yes, right. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, Will Everybody the, mispronounces his name. Will the Computer Guy is on the 26th. 27th, we have Mark in Memphis and Chip Burkhead from the Scotchcast. 29th is Sarah P. from NJ, who was born in OK, moved to VA, married Brad P., moved to NJ, and now is back in VA. Wow. I love that one. That's Yeah. No. It's like a- It's grown over the- Dr. Seuss book at this point. I know. February 1st, two birthdays. Matt Baum, a.k.a. Racer X from Pittsburgh, and Brandon Kirkwald in Minnesota. No, Brandon from Kirkwald, Minnesota. I'm not sure which way that reads. Three birthdays on the 2nd including a patron, Gary Lindros, a.k.a. Right. Gary from Jacksonville. Groundhog Day yeah. rules! He just has his birthday over and over and over. Wow. That would make he's you like, really old really fast. He's like he's like seven, uh, 72. <laughs> in in one day. Chuck one Provenzato, day. a.k.a. Podlurker, a.k.a. Chuck Siegel Twin. <laughs> right. Is that where he went? That is where he went. Didn't we say it was the... No, that was Veronzano earlier the oreo cookie monster is also on the second happy birthday cookie. 
Ewan Campbell McGregor from Scotland, UK, is on the third. Hmm. Right. Oh, we got some famous people in here. That's the way it was on this day in history for January 17th and beyond. And beyond. And beyond. For, if you want to get your name on the birthday calendar, you can go over to chuckchat.com slash birthday. We'll give you a shout out at the appropriate time of year. Where's the banner? Where's the banner? He's looking. He's looking. Oh, I'm not supposed to be looking for that. Oh. Wow. Well-oiled machine after all this time. (laughs) Yes. Okay. There's the birthday banner, chuckchat.com slash birthday. And then we move on to... Good news, nobodies. Well, it's not exactly good news, because you remember the uh, lunar lander that was going to go up a couple of weeks ago? We talked about it on this show, and it misfired. I'm sure everybody's well aware of that. Well, they're bringing it back, and it's going to burn up. So, sorry, Gene Roddenberry DNA and... Um, Arthur C. Clarke DNA and many expensive experiments, you're going down in flames. Wow. What do you do if you're that that company? Do you go back and say, <clears throat> can we have some more DNA? I want my money back. <laughs> Just go go look for a hairbrush and grab some hair. F- oh, wait, he didn't have a hairbrush. <laughs> I think both those guys were bald by the end. Wow. So yeah, that's a sad does, state. Yeah, think- it is uh, setting aside the the genetic stuff, their material they were taking up. But look at all the money that's spent on this whole rocket. Not only hundred million fuel, dollars, everything from the fuel up, right down the flusher. Yeah, that's got to cost you your job. Or you keep those people on because they can learn from experience. You don't hire a bunch of other noobs that are going to make other dumb mistakes. Which yeah. way do you go as a company? Okay, well. Also in space and related NASA news, they finally got the lid off of the stubborn asteroid sample that came back from Bennu. I I should have put this in (laughs) follow-up. Another follow-up. It's been, what, about three months? When they went to Bennu, 100 million miles away, they came back, they picked up their Amazon package in the Utah desert. (laughs) And they couldn't find something to open the package. There were something like 34 bolts later, 34... (laughs) Yeah, 35 can't... fasteners on the TAG-SAM head could not be removed. Two of the 35. Two of the 35. It's like when you're taking apart anything in a car. It's like, I got four bolts, and it's always the last one that's seized up. Or you got, or you took out, yeah. You know, it's always either the first one uh, I have trouble with or the last one. Yep. Uh, and it's always that one that's in a weird spot, so when it, when you're, uh, tool comes off of the, the bolt. You strip your knuckles. Off yeah, that's that's <laughs> something my brothers and I would always say. You're not having fun till you smash your knuckles. <laughs> oh man! And you know you uh, have to apply the force, but you don't want to because you know you're going to smash your knuckles. And certainly, you know you smash your knuckles. I remember last time I worked on my car really good. It was probably my Beetle, and uh, the um, the battery. You know, because of the shape of the new Beetles, mm-hmm. the battery would sit. A little under the uh, the driver's side fender, so to get it out was a pain because you got to get rid of the little mountain bolt uh, mounting bolt that holds the battery down. Get that out, and then I kept I scratched my knuckles on the side of the car. I'm like, okay, you know, wait a sec. After I finished cursing, you know, go to try it again. And I swear I must have hit the same spot like three or four times. <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to throw the battery on the ground when I finally got it out. Harrison learned a few new words that day? <laughs> yes. Hey, 
my dad listens to our show. I'm going to tell you something. One time, all right, I know we're going on a tangent, but one time I, uh, dad was showing me how to replace the brakes on a car. Yes. And he was, he was showing me on, and this car had a spring that he had to, he was using the uh, screwdriver to push over so it would click. So they would break you know, shoes. Hmm? Break shoes, not break pads. Yeah. Well, right. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? So, uh, but there was a spring and he was pushing the spring or something like that. Anyway, the tool came loose, jabbed his hand. And my dad does not swear, but he I heard him that swear day. that day. And I, I will never forget it. <laughs> I remember, I won't share the word he said, but uh, yeah. What did it rhyme it. with, Craig? Um, Kit. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my brows went whoa he must really hurt you're the first time you hear your parents swear or say a dirty <laughs> word or something it's like whoa, you told me not to use those words what are you doing yeah so i i wonder if that happened to one of these nasa engineers they were trying to and it gave and it crushed their knuckles actually look at this over over engineered ratchet that they've got they had to make custom tools to open this baby up, which begs the question, why didn't they have the tools ready when it came back? But look what's funny is the bit part looks like any bit you would have in your toolbox, but the rest of it looks like way over-engineered. I'm like, what could have just got my little, uh, you know, my Roby drill? <laughs> no, you can't. No, you can't. They had to, They actually had to construct things out of non-magnetic stainless steel. Because well, the magnetism yeah. could disrupt the, you got to be like uber cleanly. This is in one of those reverse pressure cabinets with the gloves you stick your hands into. It's well, I'm, I also thought they probably obviously didn't want to strip those bolts, but if they did, what if they had metal filings that right. came loose or something and yep. they kind of contaminate the material possibly. Doesn't take much know. to contaminate any of that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I know it's. I just looked. I'll, I just like the look of that over-engineered ratchet. It's looking NASA tool. It's great. No, uh, it's in, very NASA. That's why I love. Other it. news: the Chinese uh-huh. have come out with a three-volt battery that could last up to fifty years. Wonderful. It only has like a hundred milliamps of power, but hey, they're hoping yeah, to have a, a one- nuclear battery. <laughs> They're, they're they're hoping to have a higher powered one soon, but and and the article goes on to say they're also working on one that could be powered by isotope. Now this one is powered by nickel sixty three. I didn't right. know there was an isotope named nickel sixty three, but they make this little sandwich between that and diamond semiconductor converters. So you know this thing probably isn't you know as cheap as a CR twenty thirty two. No, but. Never mind that. It lasts 50 years. How many CR2032s are you going to go through? Well, it's also three volts. So I don't know what you're going to use it on. Your phone? Nope. Laptop? Nope. What? The CR2032 is a three volt battery. Oh, you'd put it in your key fob? Well, they're thinking. Car? <laughs> right. Or, or, or medical equipment. Think about that in a pacemaker. Some, uh, webcam, you know. You could. Yeah. You could do something like that. No, I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh, cool. A battery that lasts 50 years. I went reading it and I'm like, oh, it's only three volts. It doesn't sound that cheap. No. Well, a lot of circuits run off a of three volt. My Arduino Nano will run off a of three volts. Yeah. For something like that. I was thinking. But it'll go through uh, the life of that. You know, it'll it'll suck oh, up more than the, the milliwatt. Was, 
other article was talking about Microsoft was wanting to use it for a laptop. I was like, well, not three volts. Eventually, they said, if we can make these big enough and more powerful enough, you could have a mobile phone you never have to charge. Like, no, that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. And they're also looking at using other isotopes such as strontium-90, promethium-147, and deuterium to develop atomic energy batteries with higher power levels and even longer service lives up to 230 years. Wait, deuterium, that's what they use on the starship. The bomb. In, in Star Trek. No. <laughs> it's it's heavy water. Heavy water? It is. What, deuterium? Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. So 230 years, you could have a battery that lasts way longer than you'd ever live. So when they say lifetime warranty, they mean it. Yeah. Imagine being in your 60s. Oh, finally, I got one of those 50-year batteries. <laughs> no, you're in your 60s and your 50-year battery yeah. gives out. Oh, they, that, that I surgery I had when I was 12. Yeah, didn't they say that there was a similar kind of battery they used for pacemakers or something and they were looking at using it for pacemakers yeah they said medical is one of the industries that they're looking at using this they gotta they gotta get the wattage up a little bit yeah for sure all right quick shout out to the chat room who do we have hanging out with us tonight i didn't even look in the chat room i was stuck on Speak. banners Speak. oh we got there we go mark, mark b. Lee. b lee wow yeah. we're among royalty and mike robinson is oh. in the house yeah, so Mark B. Lee was uh, proven, uh, saying a point, which uh, the genetic, uh, the the DNA for um, everybody that was on a di- it's on a different flight. It was oh, on a different flight, not a so lander. we didn't lose Gene Roddenberry's DNA. No. no, well, the article made it sound like we did. Yeah, that's what I thought, but at first, but I was like, I think it was something different. I wasn't sure. I didn't. I wasn't hundred percent sure. They used DHL instead. DHL. <laughs> if you're around on Sundays, typically we do this Sundays at 8.30 Eastern Time, we'd love to see you in the chat. Join us and others for a lively discussion that happens while we blurt out nonsense. Now, remember when? Where is it? There it is. All right. Get that faded down so we don't get a copyright thing from YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Remember when the dinosaurs roamed the Earth? We're just about that old to remember that. Well, there's well, yeah. there is a discovery of fossils in New Mexico that suggests there was a relative of T. Rex that roamed around six to seven million years before T. Rex, and T. Rex is generally found up in the Wyoming area. So they said, hmm, the jaw is a little bit different. the The ridges around the eyes are a little bit different. This could be a different species, and change the theory that T-Rex came across on a land bridge because this one was here before that maybe T-Rex originated in the Americas like, hmm. that's kind of cool Yeah. so that's uh, sort of the nuts and bolts of this it's similar size about 40 feet long they call it T-Macraensis which I don't know if that's named after somebody or they just made that up doesn't have the same ring as T-Rex though. <laughs> yeah. And they'll never get a band name by that. Bang a gong, get it on. That was Bang a Gong by T Macraensis. That's right. I think they didn't get back with the marketing team on that name. So T-Rex showed up about 68 million years ago, but this guy showed up about 73 million years ago. Hmm. Now not well. everybody's on board with this. 
So, of course, you know, you got to have your balancing, uh, what was it, Jared Voris, who studies Tyrannosaurus biology at the University of Calgary in Canada. He wasn't part of the original study for this new dinosaur, but he says, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to look and see if it is distinct enough to call it a new species. or yeah. yeah. Or if it's just like, you know, the different kinds of lemurs that, I don't know, it's... Lemur. It's a big lemur. That's a big lemur. I don't want that yeah. lemur chasing me. But they also said that uh, because it's got a thinner jawline, lower jaw, that mm-hmm. it may have not have had a, as strong of a bite. Because usually the, the jaw has to be larger to handle the bigger muscles, indicating a stronger bite. So, it's impossible that they just it just had some work done, so the jawline was up a little bit. It You know, from the picture, I it's weird, but because the eyes are different, mm-hmm. it makes this guy look a little friendlier. It almost, yeah. it almost looks like the one from Toy Story. I think he's got a little smile. Although, I don't really want this guy chasing me down. You know I know. It's like I looked at it and went... It, it looks happier, friendlier. No, I mean, show the picture of it. Can you show it? Can you share it yeah. real quick? Hold on. I, I closed the tab, but I will bring it back up and go back to our view. There we go. Yeah, it's got a little smile. Doesn't it look doesn't. happy? Yeah. He's <laughs> got the nice little, little smaller eyes. Just, I, I, You wouldn't want that guy chasing you down either. It's the artist <laughs> rendition of this thing just after it ate. He's got, yes. you know, the chubbier cheeks. Makes it a little yeah. more baby-like. T-Rex is... Mike, uh, Mark, Mike says, T-Rex is Latin cousin who impressed all the ladies. Right. Or he's from <laughs> Scotland. I'm T. McCrancis from the McCrancis clan. McCrancis. <laughs> In case you were wondering, it's spelled M-C-R-A-E-E-N-S-I-S. So I'm making a wild stab. I've never heard this word pronounced, but hmm. McCreensis, McCreensis could be. You know, it's pretty word. amazing that, uh, you know, I know we say this before, but after all this time, they're still finding what they think is new species. Or There's a lot of stuff that's still buried, Craig, that's had oh, millions yeah. of years. It's, it's nuts. Yep, absolutely. All right. Quick shout out to our patrons while we're here. Oh, and by the way. Yes. Shout out to my dog, Clutch. He's, he's holding the fort down. He's holding the chair down. That's right. He's also wearing his tartan today, just like McCrancis. <laughs> Thank you to our patrons, Alexis Duran. Let me fade that down a little bit. I'm shouting over it. Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Ever, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown. I gotta reach out to him. I'm overdue for a call. Hmm. Chris Martinez, Chris MC, McCrancis, maybe that's what it stands for. Ah, that's what it is. Dandy okay. Man Coyer, Dean Jensen. Dean Jensen, I am just stumbling all over these tonight. I know these people. I still say I know you. You know them. Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros. I'll slow down. John Clifford, John Noble, Yorga Shrawin. We're missing Crazy Joe. You got to come back to us, Crazy Joe. <laughs> Patron in waiting. Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Brad Miller. Thank you. Mike Wills, Saturday Morning Media. <gasps> Stephen Weshy, Steve Cody, Steve Therian, Steve Webb, Steve London, Tim Cook. Ding! There, there that was fun. There we'll you fade go. Fade that out and stop that crazy music. They went over to the Patreon page at chuckchat.com. No, ta- patreon.com. We should just make a short link for that thing. You mean right there? Patreon.com slash, yes, that's what it says on Technorama Podcast. I got it. 
Yeah. Patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast. For as little as a dollar a show, you only pay when we produce. So, like, the next few weeks where I'm gone, unless Craig's going to do a pirated bootleg show a pirate <laughs> with some unknown guest, which is yeah. totally plausible. It uh, might happen. Yeah. Might happen. Go for it. Then you don't pay if we don't produce. So that's the cool thing. All right. right. Put the banner away. We're moving on. All right. That music means we've been watching stuff. I thought something got knocked down. Well, some of us more stuff than others. Well, a lot of these are just YouTube videos, and I'm not going to go through every one of them, but a couple of things on Netflix that I watched. One is we finished Six Feet Under. We finally finished the fifth season. Oh, yeah. Uh, Good show. Wow. A lot of depth to this. And they really invest you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, I got depth. it. I got Six it. Foot let, under. let it go. Let it go. <laughs> they really get you invested in these characters. As much as you tear your hair out and go, why are these two people even talking to each other? Right. Get rid of this character. When you get to the end of the this, this series, like, wow, that was that was good stuff. Like the last couple, three shows really pull out the stops on the Kleenex box. Okay. Another not, not funeral pun in there. But um, – what have you been watching? Well, it just started. I actually uh, take that back. All episodes have dropped for Ted the series, not Ted the TV, uh, the movie. You know, and, the and not Ted the, the 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 Ted talks. No, not that either. Uh, so uh, you're familiar with the movie, right, Ted? The the one about the bear. Yeah, the talking bear. T- Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> no, not that talking bear either. So anyway, uh, it's a Seth MacFarlane uh, movie. There's two of them. And then this is a prequel series. So it's like in the early 90s. And um, so it shows, it didn't show Ted when he shows up. It just, he's already there. He's part of the family. And it's uh, it's a little of adventures of him and Johnny uh, as they're younger, or at least Johnny's younger. Um, and it's, it's pretty good. It's got some laugh out loud moments, but it's also got some like, yeah, you know, it's okay. Uh, but overall, I think I'm liking it. I'm only up three episodes in, but all episodes have dropped. So at the same time, so there's all like right. eight or 10 of them. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I hey, would... one thing I'll say they yeah. did a great job with, mm-hmm. even for the budget for the series, but they also in the movies, the bear looks like he belongs in the scene. It looks really good. And it's, totally believable you're watching the bear talk you know it's kind of cool anyway it's a good animation yeah uh i went back into my wayback machine on netflix and watched the blues brothers haven't seen this movie oh yeah in at least 20 years and you think about it, it used to be on tbs once a week yeah right <laughs> it was all the time of course that was the televised version so they had to clean up the language and some of the other stuff but yeah. uh there, there are still some very funny moments and some classic lines in there. If, if you haven't seen the Blues Brothers in a while and you just want to grab a quick fix, it's worth it. Uh, I, what did they say? They they wrecked like 160 cars? Or 100, it was like 100, 104 cars and 60 of them were police cars. It was it was insane how much destruction they did. Oh, that's right. That All the cars scene. that were in the mall and everywhere else. Yep. Wow. Yep. I didn't think. I thought you meant like the the car that they were in especially as they were on their way to pay the bill <laughs> yeah <laughs> to pay off the 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 mortgage payment for the yeah. orphanage 
I love that movie. It is classic. And there's some, you know, comically stupid stunts in there. Like they, they're reversing the, they're, they're in reverse because they hit the end of the, the highway and somehow they go flipping over the Ford Pinto wagon and yeah. turn around and get nose first. So, you know, they're on a mission from God. So anything can happen. <laughs> oh, by the way, Mike Robinson uh, says Carrie Fisher's the most important movie. thing was Carrie Fisher in there and Twiggy. And there are so many celebrities in there. I'm not even going to start because that is yeah. a star-studded film. I don't know how they got these people, but congratulations yeah. to them. I need to uh, I need to watch that again. I, I I know we've talked about watching rewatching old movies uh, uh, over and over, and that's one of my watch uh, from time to time. But I haven't seen it. In a, uh, it's been a while. And the music is awesome. You know, you gotta you gotta yeah. hand it to the music. Hey, watching old movies that you love is like comfort food. You know. You can yeah. just go jump back in that little world, get back out. Everybody yep. needs yeah. somebody. All right. What else you got on your list? I watched, uh, I thought I had talked about this on the previous show, but I don't, I, I searched and I didn't see it. Um, the Equalizer 3. Um, yes. With um, Denzel Washington. Oh, I was going to say, that used to be a TV show back in the 80s. It was a 90s. show, but yeah. um, so Denzel Washington is, of course, uh, uh, it, plays the uh, kind of like vigilante. He looks out for when he sees something that not right, he will try and straighten it out, you know, with force. And this one was pretty good. I enjoyed it. He's, they start off when he's going into a, uh, I didn't watch the second one, which I probably should have, but I watched the third one and he goes into this, um, uh, South American kind of not castle, but compound to get some uh, information or something from this guy. Anyway, he kills all the guys, does this thing and he's injured and he's in this little, I'm sorry, not South American. It's Italian uh, because he goes to this little Sicilian <laughs> town, off, but that's all right. I started thinking, wait a minute, I'm getting ready to say uh, Sicily. He goes in the Sicilian town he heals up, but he kind of falls in love with the small town. Mm-hmm. Then, of, then of course, there's something going on there, and he's got to straighten that out. So that's kind of where the movie takes off. And um, and I thought it was, I enjoyed it. I liked it. And it's he's it's got a those Equalizer movies have like a a slow place uh, pace. It's not like an action, you know, piece where it's like a bunch of you know cuts every four seconds. You're watching. Four, Everything. four is long. Two is the, more the fast cut these days. But okay, go on. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So um, it's not like a fast cut chase, and everything. it's but it's slow and deliberate, and that's the way he is. So yeah, gotcha. good. All right, I'm going to go through a whole bunch of these that I watched on YouTube, ranging anywhere from seven minutes to an hour and a half. So one of the shorter ones is called "A Brief History of the Saroff Criticality." It's about these scientists in Russia that were doing this nuclear experiment and one guy did not follow procedure and things went wrong and he died horribly from radiation. There's another one called the Halifax explosion. So Halifax Harbor up in Nova Scotia, Mm -hmm. two ships collided. One of them exploded because it was full of explosives and it leveled half the town. It was just this catastrophic explosion beyond belief. Uh, and they, they have a monument there and remember it every year. Uh, classic robot from the 80s, the Omnibot 2000. 
And I've got links to all of these in the show notes if you want to see them. The $500 drink serving robot from 1985. And uh, he <laughs> oh, actually. I have, oh, we saw that at the Computer History Museum. We did. And the one that this guy was evaluating, he said, I've always wanted to take a look at one of these. So listener Ernie Klein, I went, what the Ernie Klein from yeah. like Ready Player One? Yes, yeah. that Ernie Klein. He he had this unboxed one. So the guy's unboxing it. It turns out it doesn't work. <laughs> so Ernie sends him a second one that does work. I'm like, what? Oh. That's nuts. That's nice. Yeah. Um, there's the unbelievable history of strawberries, including <laughs> where they get their name and yep. uh, how all different cultures, whether it's North America or Colombia or Europe, they all uh, like treated these sort of as royalty. You know, it was it was a very upscale food. Uh, it technically it's not a berry, but we'll get into that later. It's not even a fruit. What yeah. happened to the missing half of the Colosseum? So if you've been to oh, Rome yeah. or you've seen pictures of it, it's kind of got that slice of the outside shell. What I thought they. To that? I thought they just lost funding and they, uh, you know, didn't complete it. Nope. Good history no, actually, there. Actually, I think I do know what it was. Let me take a guess. If I remember right, our guide said that they were reclaiming the iron out of the building to, for weapons, and which caused a lot of it to collapse and break down over time. Some, but it's all on the south side. There's different land in there. It's like a softer land. So when earthquakes hit, which they do periodically, that side was more likely to crumble. Yes, they did steal the iron. Uh, mm-hmm. That was holding a lot of the the limestone together, yeah. that, but it was mainly when, due to seismic activity. There was all kinds of looting, so they wanted the limestone to grind it down into lime to make mortar for other buildings. But uh, that's where a good chunk of what you see missing, yeah, like internally and externally, is. Um, yeah, we took a bike ride, a nighttime bike ride mm-hmm. tour, and the guy was going to go right past the Coliseum and keep going. I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. What? I got, I got to stop here for a second. At least get a selfie or something. Yeah, I know. So I took a, a couple close, um, close up pictures. I couldn't touch it. I was on, on the other side of the fence yeah. near the road, Yeah, but you can look up. I could see all those holes that he yep. was talking about them take reclaiming the iron. So, um, what else did I watch? What happened? Oh, let's see. We did that one. That time the American West blew up. There were lots of like oh that time oh okay decent volcanoes in the way back time I watch a lot of right. things that are you know prehist- prehistoric uh the Great Chicago Fire a Chicago Stories special documentary so I've been watching some documentaries the Chicago Fire is interesting uh was it October 9th, eighteen seventy one and yes there really was a Mrs O'Leary and she had a cow in her barn <laughs> is that the one with the the uh, the light that uh, the lantern that- the the cow supposedly kicked over the lantern while she was milking. He's like nobody milks their cow at nine p.m. Uh, she got a bad rap out of that. I mean her her reputation was totally trashed, even though the true source of the fire could never be deter- determined. Right, uh, I'll just leave it at that. And it destroyed a lot of things, but it also kind of cleansed the city and got them ready for the next stage. Similar thing about Chicago: the race to reverse the river. Many people know that the Chicago River no longer flows into Lake Michigan but it flows back to the Des Plaines River. They had to cut this channel, and yeah. it was very controversial. They had to do this because the city just kept putting their pollutants, including everything from the factories, everything from the meat producers. I mean, there were animal bodies floating around. It, it was really, really yeah. disgusting. And they go, why is everybody getting sick? So yeah. they temporarily fixed this by putting uh, 
not a pumping station. They, they had a pumping house in town. The, the Waterworks Building, if you've ever been down on Michigan Avenue, is is that building. Mm-hmm. But it had a pipeline underground and underwater for two miles out into the lake where they had this intake. And even that wasn't quite far enough to avert some typhoid outbreaks and whatnot. So they, they had to do something very interesting in terms of engineering, uh, in terms of the Native American lands, the people downstream in St. Louis were going, hey, now you're dumping all your crap in our water. It's like, and so are you, you know, and nobody in New Orleans is killing you know, your policies. Right. There's the a brief history of the Teton disaster, a story about the Teton Dam, which happened in our lifetime, Craig. That was like 1975, 1976. Right. Uh, yeah. Bad, bad disaster there. The Edmund Fitzgerald mystery. Now, I've... I lived on Lake Superior when this happened in 75, November 10th, and have watched many a documentary. In fact, some by personal friends of mine, Fred Stonehouse being one of them, and Tom Farnquist. So they weren't in this particular one, but it it, it covered it from a slightly different angle. I'm never opposed to rehearing a story or seeing if there's any new information from an old story. There's the ghost ship Mary Celeste, which was crossing the ocean and mysteriously everybody disappeared. And it was a ghost ship. And nothing, there was no sign of violence. There was no bloodshed, no nothing. It's like everybody's just gone. And this ship that was about a day behind them, uh, it was actually slower. They left a day ahead and then they got past. And then when they caught back up to the Mary Celeste, it was adrift. Like, ooh. So a lot of theories in this one. There's minute by minute the eruption of Mount St. Helens. Again, our lifetime, so pretty pretty yep. easy to recall. And yeah. interesting to see who was where and what they were doing and the survivors' tale the survivors tales. Uh and surprising not more people got blown away by that thing. Uh yeah. there's the mystery of Nefertiti's bust. So you know the famous color sculpture of Nefertiti? Yep. Watch yep. this. You won't see it quite the same again. There are people that say, This is a fake. Really? Yeah. And when they, by the time they get done with the show, like, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. This could be a fraud. But everybody treats it like it's it's in the Museum of Berlin, and Egypt is saying, "Hey, you stole that." You know it. Uh, and you know, according to some of the evidence they give, I, they they did steal it, but they won't give it back because it's too valuable. Like, right? Probably a fake. Oh, man. It, it is a great show. That one wasn't too long. There's another one called Would You Fall For It, which is a show about how we've built more roads, more freeways and expressways to eliminate the traffic problem, which only encourage. and it's put on by GM, who obviously has an incentive to sell more cars. So by mm-hmm. building more roads, you encourage more people to drive cars, and you're not solving the traffic problem. This is, the only way you're really going to solve this is by having decent mass transit and get right. people off of the roads. So right. here we are, and a lot of these highways were federally funded initially, mm-hmm. but they only fund the building of them. The maintenance then falls to the state and local municipalities, and they need repairing every 30 years. So they're really just pushing this debt down the road, which backfired or, or became full impact on cities like Detroit because they literally went bankrupt trying to keep their infrastructure up to date. And now they're tearing it out, saying, "Yeah, we don't need that. Freeway running through the middle of town. It's not doing us any good anyway. Yeah. Um, What would life on Earth, uh, what would the Earth have been like without life? This is fascinating. 
because you really got to unwind a lot of things in terms of the atmosphere, the oceans, the, you know, what did the plants do? How do they make soil? And when you get down to it, the end result is it would look a lot like primordial earth today with volcanism, right? methane and carbon dioxide atmosphere, because there was nothing in nothing evolved to process it. We would have pretty much a moonscape of a landscape. Oh, right. Because there wouldn't be anything growing. You know, it's like without life. Yeah. Like, wow. This is that it, it was you would still have plate tectonics, but you know, they're just pushing the continents around doing nothing. It was it's like, wow, that sounded like a good question for Dr. Carl on Triple J. Oh, it would, yeah. Um I liked this one. The Edwardian inventions that turn normal homes into death traps. <laughs> this is the Edwardian period was like in the early 1900s. And this British woman was going through the British homes and going, let's talk about electricity. That wasn't safe. You know, you could kill yourself and nothing was standardized. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this new thing called asbestos. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be it, safe. It, it, it was like four or five things going, holy mackerel it's amazing anybody lived through this time i know, you know right lead paint you know, they're still getting these things out of homes because oh they take i know my neighbor that's what he does they take decades to manifest themselves yeah. as an illness and then relate it back to the cause and then be able to retrofit oh, yeah. the environment like yeah it's it's taken a oh, long that's time what my, so. that's what my neighbor does he 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 does environmental studies on like buildings and uh, to make sure they're uh, like anytime they're going to take linoleum or something out of a house or yep. a building, they have to test it for, uh, for asbestos. And then the final one I watched was what caused the Cambrian explosion? This is not a violent, you know, kaboom explosion. This is the life explosion in the Cambrian period where you start seeing, uh, trilobites and, 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 uh, Anomalocaris and a lot of these classical things you see in these really bizarre drawings of whoa, what right. happened? You know, life was experimenting at this time, and a lot of them went extinct. Obviously, right? Heaven forbid you should be attacked by an anomalocaris. The, uh, but that what was before that and what caused that explosion? Was it environmental? Was it was it something evolving to? It, it, it was it was interesting. They explored a couple different paths on that one. So again, I like I like this documentary and historical stuff yeah oh it's all right awesome. you got one more i'm sorry I, I used up a lot of time but there's just a lot of cool stuff on youtube that i've been oh, finding well this one is a my wife has a suspicion this is a re, uh, a rehash of a story she's seen in from the uk but this is um it's a story on apple plus called defending jacob where um this couple's i mean they they live in a boston suburb uh you know, everybody is affluent in this neighborhood and all of a sudden their child is, uh, accused of murder. So, Oh, yikes. so every, uh, so of course their life gets flipped upside down. So, um, I won't go any further than that. I'm still walking, making our way through the series. There's like eight episodes. It's got Chris Evans in it. Um, my wife keeps referring to him as captain America, but, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyway, so, but uh, yeah, that's, it, it seemed, it's really interesting. It's captured our attention and we're about three episodes in right now. Someone give that kid a sandwich. Yeah. Gary right. Lindro says, I learned so much on this podcast. Sometimes. Yeah. Learns that we're a couple of idiots. <laughs> we learn a lot all the time. 
All right, yeah. that takes us to the end. We are done with the that section. You know, I think we need some kind of stinger for the question of the week. Hmm. Bam. Hmm. How about this one? <laughs> there you go. No, you you can't play sounds while I'm playing because then you don't hear them. <laughs> you don't hear them. No, I hear yours. Good news, everyone. Okay. <laughs> Question of the week. We're bound to get in a fight over this. That's right. Okay. From Kyle, take your favorite superhero and give them a D&D class. So this example was the Incredible Hulk, Barbarian. Yeah. I would have gone with Bard on him. <laughs> Bard. Um. Oh, gosh. I had to give that one some thought. Um, All right. Go back to Captain America. What would What class would you give Captain America? Warrior. Or Paladin. Okay. Or Paladin, yeah. Um, how about Wonder Woman? A lot of these are warriors, aren't they? They're just... Yeah. Should be a warrior, Paladin, also. Orc. <laughs> Let's see what everybody else has to say. All right. Superheroes are going to kind of classify themselves, I think, at this point. But yeah, we'll see what hey. you get. Or, or we could just be crazy, like, you know, you and me, and give them odd. Oh, <laughs> Doctor Strange would be a magician, of course. Or a wizard. Wizard, yeah. Yeah, that's too obvious, though. I want to take something a little more creative. Um, shopkeep. <laughs> shopkeep. <laughs> Barkeep. Right. There we go. All right, we are going to sign off here and bring you patrons, your Patreon show, where we have a couple of items to discuss, questions to pose, and... Thing intriguing ideas to intrigue. Is that a thing? Huh? I just made a new verb. There we go. Yeah. That's how the world goes. Oh, that's not the right. That's the beginning sound. Here we go. That's the one we want. Thank you, everybody, for joining us online and listening later or watching later. Don't forget, if you've got a comment or you want to tell us about your superhero super class, sounds like a programming a project now. The uh, number to call us on the listener line is 707-530-2428, or you can email us, technorama at chuckchat.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got an idea for a question of the week, throw that at us, too. We're always up for a new idea. we got a yeah. couple of weeks off, but we'll be back in early March to talk to you again real soon. Until then, Dr. Doom. <laughs> Artisifer. <laughs> give, us a, uh, give us a binary high five, and we'll head on out of here. All right, one zero one, everybody. Roll twenty. Guess we ended a little early. Huh. Right on time. Punch that clock. <laughs>